One of my first jobs was working as a dishwasher at a nursing home restaurant. And then there was like so many people started quitting because yeah. uh, the guy who basically was our manager was like scamming people out of their paycheck. You're listening to The Taste Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rodbard. Today in the show, I welcome Ayo Adebari to the program, The Bear. Yes, we've all been talking about this great show on FX. I've been talking about it with guests, talking about it with Pat Stango. It's it's really our favorite program of the summer, and I was so fortunate to have Ayo uh, on the program. She she plays Sydney. She's one of the main stars of the show, and we had this really really fun conversation about behind the scenes of filming in in Chicago, and also some of her life before comedy and and acting, where she actually worked at ABC V in New York City and actually worked in the back of the house as a dishwasher when she was in middle school. These stories flow, and I I love getting to know Ayo. This is such a fun conversation. Here's my conversation with Ayo Adebari. Ayo Debri, welcome to the Taste Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm I've been talking about your show with like chefs, with media folks for the past like three, four weeks. It's constantly on our minds. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> like you yeah. made a show that freaked a bunch of people out in the industry. It's kind of wild. I don't know if that was the intention. I you know, it's like you we hoped that it would feel honest yeah. and I don't know, just feel people would feel something, but Yeah. But I feel like what it's bringing up for people and how how much that's happening has definitely been um, kind of a surprise, a, a pleasant one for sure. But, but yeah, it's been a surprise. I've been speaking. I spoke with the chef yesterday and he's like watched one episode and was like, I'm out. Like yeah. it was too, too close. I've yeah. read articles about chefs getting PTSD from it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it speaks a lot about the bear with the show we're speaking about because you did create a universe and a world that, um, you know, has been attempted to be created for years, but hasn't really resonated in the way it has because it's not it's not phony. I mean, mm. it's back a house is like a war zone. <laughs> if it, right? I mean, so like what's your experience in restaurants? Like what where do you come from with the restaurant in the restaurant world? Are you front of house, back of house? My first j- job, um, one of my first jobs was working as a dishwasher at a nursing home restaurant. And then um, there was, like, so many people started quitting because uh. Uh, the guy who basically was our manager was, like, scamming people out of their paychecks. Ooh, <laughs> and so nice. um, then I got promoted to waiter. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that there could be a, a worse job than dishwashing. I miss yeah. dishwashing and just, like, getting to listen to <laughs> Muse. Why um, now all these uh, – geriatric, you know, <laughs> senior living people are yelling at me um, for more softer soup. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was, like, my first experience. And then, you know, that was, like, middle school or something. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Young. Yeah, You're... yeah, yeah. Oh, did you ever hear some words that you had never heard before when um, working back at house yeah. <laughs> as a middle schooler? Yeah, there were a lot of people having sort of just, like, memories that I was like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> um when can I do prom? But yeah, uh, that was my first job. And then many years passed. And then when I was in college, I started working in restaurants again um, in New York. 
and I worked uh, in reservations and as a host and as a um, barista um, and uh, then as a waiter. Can we name names? Like, are there restaurants that are still open I, or even Yeah, I, I mean, I... <laughs> Let's go there. It feels weird to say... I, I, I worked at uh, ABC Kitchen, ABC oh. V, um, and ABC Cochina. Oh, ABC V. Yeah. Yo, yeah. I, I feel like breakfast ABC V... Truly, yeah. Truly, truly, was, one of the greatest. Parts. I was there when it opened, and we got to taste the menu, and um, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And then um, and then it opened, and then we and then we kind of stopped eating there, and we started <laughs> working there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, when you when you actually uh, break it down, you're you have a lot of experience in restaurants. But when you got the the call that you're you're in the show and you're mm. playing such a pivotal role and you're awesome, like just absolutely wonderful role, like acting <laughs> and very kind. No, I mean it. And I think we've we've talked about who our favorite actors are and, and characters, but Sydney is certainly resonating with a lot of people I'm talking to. But did you have to do any additional kind of thought, like research? I mean, method is the word some use. But did you enter the kitchen? Uh, I yeah we yeah I, I got to. I mean, you know, I I remember when I got uh, like the final callback. There was this scene um, that I think it got fleshed out more for the audition, just so there was more. But there basically was a scene where it was Sydney running the pass, but it was saying like a ridiculous amount of orders and numbers. And I remember Chris being like, it was so crazy how you got the pacing. And I was like, I don't think so. I think I just have been yelled at by chefs. (laughs) Um, And I remember what that sounds like. But yeah, I mean, I knew that I had uh, experience and I come from a really big family where food is very important. And so I've definitely been also yelled at in kitchens in my own personal life. Oh, (laughs) so there's some of that happening. Uh, Oh, oh, for sure, yeah. My family loves to cook. My mom is truly one of, like, the best cooks of my life. And I've, like, invited friends for dinner, and they've been, like, She's the best cook in the world. Like she used to make extra lunches that I would bring to school. And, like, oh wow! They were like taking requests. And oh got... yeah, and oh, she my... was loving it because she she lo- she loves to cook and she's she's an incredible. Yeah. You, you bring up Maddie Matheson and and you know he he's done you know has a bit of a star turn in the show as an mm-hmm. actor. We yes, didn't, we didn't see that coming anyone, but um, but he you know consulted and and yeah. kind of brought a little of that real chef flavor. Did he teach you some things like about knife skills? Like, yeah, what did he um, teach you? I worked a little less with Maddie more when we started shooting. Yeah, he, like then we interacted more with him, like helping out. Um, but uh, Chris, who is the creator of the show mm-hmm. and one of our directors, Joanna Kayla being the other, uh. Uh, but uh, Chris's sister, Courtney Store, is an incredible chef um, who's worked in L.A. at places like Animal and mm-hmm. John Vinny's. And so she was one of the people that I worked with. Um, it was really important for me to work with both female chefs to hear their stories and get their experiences um, and also, you know, see, you know, how a female chef moves and cuts and maybe what are the things that you know she focuses on Mm -hmm. versus a male chef what are like the skills that maybe Mm -hmm. they have that you know are are just like different and how you adapt to space differently also Mm -hmm. like the choreography that that was interesting to me and hearing those experiences were interesting to me so Courtney Coco was one of the people uh who helped and so many other really great Mm -hmm. chefs um 
gender aside. There's a scene with stock, you know, where you you have like a bit of a physical deficiency to grab stock <laughs> yes. from the top shelf. And like it seems like, you know, having a different body from the other yeah. 98% of the people in the kitchen. Yeah. Got to be a challenge, and you do handle that really well. Now you yeah. bring it up. Yeah. I mean, at that moment is definitely like a charged and kind of painful one that I think yeah. is also like speaks to I think City doing something where it's like, well, you know, what you should have done in that moment was, at, you know, ask for help or be like, mm-hmm. hey, knock it off, don't do that. You know, why did somebody move yeah. <laughs> this camera to the top? Um, you know, but like that could have been a moment where pride and all the stuff came aside, but where it's like. Coco, I remember, was watching it and was like, that's so frustrating. Like, you know, <laughs> to, like, what's what's happening? Um, because it's like, yeah, Marcus could have just reached, you know, could have just reached up and grabbed could it. Could have done it. But, yeah. But, you know, the character, Sydney, you know, wanted to do it yourself. Yeah, because I think there was a lot of <laughs> anger that she was trying to process um, and, you know, I don't know couldn't in the way that she wanted to and, you know, was trying to prove herself to Carmi and to the staff in a certain way and I think also to herself. I think she has a lot of complicated feelings about Mm. pride and about Mm -hmm. her own self-worth and the things that she projects onto it. I think she does think about herself, you know, as like a, a, a black female chef and I think she thinks about that in a lot of complicated ways. And I think uh, some of those things she can sometimes, you know, project onto other people. Mm-hmm. And some of those things, like, are, tr- <laughs> are true, yeah. you know, but also some of them, it's it's like, you know, it's it's those feelings that are, like, working themselves out and, and kind of meeting people in yep. interesting ways in the kitchen. You bring up Marcus. I have to ask, you know, spoiler alert, obviously you listened this far, you like the show. What's in the donut? What's the filling in the yeah, donut? What's um, the filling? Because it's like... It feels like it could be like passion fruit, but I'm just guessing. It was like this really crazy um, fermented cherry situation ah. that was inspired by the that book on uh, lacto fermentation. Yeah. Um, it was and, the Noma book with the big yeah. hand on it. That mm-hmm. crazy Noma. I love that yeah. book. Yeah, and so Art it's like a, it was like a crazy like fermented cherry situation. Interesting, because like you know, there, spoiler. There, there was a moment at the one of the last episodes where you know you're on the floor eating some or Carmesi on the floor eating the donut. Yeah, and it's like clearly the best donut ever. Yeah, I love that about the show. Yeah, and Marcus finally cracked the code. He <sighs> was um, he was being ridiculous while he was doing it. There's a t- but, he, but he cracked the code. He was being ridiculous. But look, back to the show, yeah. you know, there's a real tender moment between you and Marcus at home mm. in a later episode, and, and it shows you you cooking in home. Are you cooking yourself at home? Are you yourself uh, a, a home cook? Yeah. Like, I really do love that moment, too, because I think we see, you know, there's like a moment. You keep saying spoiler. I'm just going to say this spoiler. Spoiler for everything. Uh, no, no. no we, we, there's we a moment the where, you know, Carmi goes home, and he's like eating, like, chips and soda and like a PB&J just yeah. like not really taking care of himself and I feel like you know Sydney um, she's got a lot of you know stomach issues she's yeah. got a lot of head issues and is living with her dad and yeah. trying to you know build back her credit and save money and all that stuff and so I feel like when she was working and when she works she doesn't take care of herself so I think it, it, I just love that moment because it's like a tenderness and like she's not only cooking for herself but for somebody that she wants to like extend mm-hmm. kindness and friendship to really was stuff. yeah but I, I like to cook um, I get into these habits of like 
recipe fixations where I feel like I get this from my mom, who is very much a person where it's like if we ate out and she had something that she <laughs> loved, then she would make it for oh. the next seven meals. And it's like I think like three or four was always the best one. Or sometimes <laughs> she knocked it out of the park on one and then would like keep trying to fix it. A real things. student of the game, your mom. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, me and my dad are like, please stop <laughs> making shrimp scampi. Nobody wants to eat shrimp scampi for three weeks. But All yeah, right. I think I kind of get into places like that. But lately, just because I've been traveling so much, like, it's like, okay, we're making Annie's mac and cheese, but we're putting ah. some peas in it. And maybe like, you know, yeah. What was uh, what was catering like on the show? Uh, you know, I got to ask, like, yeah. did they, did they phone in uh pizza ever did you no. so you're... We, ate, we ate pretty good okay we got pretty lucky and we ate pretty good yeah so what's what what's on the catering uh table at, uh for the bear what, what what's what are you guys eating they had a lot of different things they you know really pretty good breakfast search i yeah. i think i'm kind of like I'm kind of, this is, I get into my, like, habits, so I was yeah, very Yeah, you're performing, like, you're working, you can't yeah. eat, like, a ton of crazy shit. I know, my brain goes smooth, and I'm like, <laughs> I will have an egg and toast and coffee. Um, I got really into making coffee, also. Wait, That's pour so over? Boring. Yeah. Let's go, what do you do? I had just, like, a little, I just had a, I, like, went <laughs> to a store in Chicago that I can't remember, but I think it was, like... I think it was in the Ukrainian village. It was just like mm-hmm. this family-owned store, and I got a grinder, and then I just got like a pour-over, a pour-over set. Oh, and sick! Like a V60 Japanese style. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I, but I also I really like to make like stovetop es- espresso. That's yeah. like when I'm like home, home. But they had this like like electric stove where I was at, so I got into my head about it. Who knows if that's real? You're but talking anyway. about your trailer. Yeah, no, this no. is, this is, this is, this is even before I come to set and then I would just like make a bunch of like espresso and then sometimes oh. I would like bring it. I, like where you were staying while you're shooting yeah, on vacation in Chicago. Sometimes people would be like, what is going on with your little coffee situation? What's the coffee beans, the coffee company? What are you, what are you grinding? I was going around Chicago and I was like getting different beans from different Ooh. like coffee shops and I probably took a picture of my favorite one. I can't remember now off the top of my head. Yeah. But I'm thinking like dark matter. I'm thinking intelligentsia. Wait, I think it was, I think it might've been dark matter. Dark matter. I think it might've been dark matter, but I just, I was going around. I was getting my little, I was getting my little dark roast. I was hanging out. Well, like, I don't know if you're doing season two. Can you say, are you, are you doing season two? I, I would, I hope so. This is so crazy. This, (laughs) this world, like, are we going to do that? I mean, come on. Like you're like number one show. Uh, But like season two. Thank you for that confidence. Yeah, yeah. I what do I know? It. I'm like a big TV critic guy. I know exactly what I'm talking about. What do I know? Yeah. I'm in the show. Yeah. I don't know. No, totally. <laughs> um, but next season, I got some plugs in Chicago coffee scene. So okay. let, let's exchange. Wait, let's go. Let's exchange. Keep, keep me caffeinated. <laughs> so episode seven called review. Yes. It's like you know, prop, is it is it the props to the director because it, it's extremely difficult filmmaking when you do a, a seemingly a, a one shot episode. Mm-hmm. But the stress, non original thoughts, uncut gems, like vibe for for restaurants. And tell me about shooting episode seven, the review, what it's like that day. Yeah, well, um, that day was pretty focused, honestly. And I think we all came in and we knew that we had a job to do. Um, not just the cast, the crew. Everybody was like, all right, we have to get cracking. The episode wasn't initially written uh, as a one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bunch of pieces. And I think also I remember when I first read that script, I was like so blown away. The the one that wasn't even a one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like really hesitant. I think we all were a bit hesitant. Like, is this going to work? 
Then Chris and Joanna reworked the script uh, along with Rene Goubet, who was one of the writers and producers. And, you know, yeah, everybody just got together and and worked on this. And uh, mm-hmm. and then we did a rehearsal, a few rehearsals, just some sitting, some standing, getting a feel of it. But definitely coming in, there was a focus because we hadn't really done it totally seamlessly. Mm. And um, so it was definitely like nerve wracking. And, you know, then we just kind of got down to business. I think we did uh, one to get it up on its feet and just see how it felt and, you know, probably do it about like an, you know, like an 80 percent. Yeah. Kind of just make sure we can all get there and the timing is all right because it's not just there's like choreography and choreography within the choreography with camera. Um, it's the camera operators. Uh, Gary Maloof absolutely killed it uh, with his grip Perky. And, Shout out to uh, the grip Perky because honestly what's yep. happening is there's a ticket machine. And, yes. and, and if you've ever been to a restaurant, you see the ticket machine happening once, maybe twice. Yeah. It's on, constantly going the entire yeah. episode because of a faux pas with a with a Grubhub yeah. slash whatever um, ordering system and a very positive review. Yeah, you have gotten like ninety seven orders of cake <laughs> and a hundred and so odd orders of of of, of the sandwich that you're known it's, for. It's it's, <laughs> it's veering into psychosis. Yeah. It's 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 very insane. Um, like please, <laughs> Marcus and I were like, this is a day from hell. Yeah. Where it's also like the restaurant is opening for lunch and you've got like hundreds of orders of Italian beef. Like just shut it all down. But I think you know going into that episode, everybody is sort of like. Uh, at sort of a, a breaking point uh, of a lot of different from coming from a lot of different places, and there's a lot of pride and a lot of not really thinking straight and just reacting. And you know, it's like as actors, you have to keep that in mind, but then also be conscious of like the camera and what um, you know, Eben is saying to somebody in the corner because that's also like a cute, like it felt kind of like doing a play, which was so exciting to get to do because, you know, TV, there's so much like stopping and starting and you kind of just got to be, you, you had no choice but to be incredibly present. So that was very exciting, but it also was definitely really tough. Like, uh, emotionally yeah. to have to like gear up and do it again and you know make sure everything goes right but um, I think after four or five I can't really remember I know we kind of stopped one midway because there was like um, a technical issue yeah. just with like all the timing of also you know the props going on our prop master Laura Roper absolutely killed it yeah like getting team. that machine to work come on like props it, it to was, the prop guy it was huh. really really cool <laughs> um, and uh, yeah everybody just had to be firing on all cylinders and kind of like communicating with each other even when we couldn't Cool, cool episode of television. I think it'll get it'll get congratulated at the end of the year. When we're talking about best episodes. I have to ask about um, about Eben because you, uh, my king, my fellow Massachusetts. King. Oh, really? Uh, that's, yeah. That's, is you guys are both Boston? Is that right? He's from Amherst. Oh, he's from Amherst. Yeah. So his character, um, he uh, Richie, which is mm. uh, a real a real moment for that actor. Um, just just absolutely just crushes this the season. Just wonderful sh- wonderful character he calls you a condescending ribbon of brine yeah yes so is that improv or is that script i mean that's that is that's do you know i actually don't remember (laughs) yeah i feel like it's so brilliant i it it could be script but it's also so like brilliant it could be ebon ebon is so good at just saying things like that and uh i come from comedy i'm a a comedian and so it 
would make me feel like hot in my body when he would do those things that are so embarrassing. And I'm like, I can't have a comeback. There's no comeback. There's, you don't have a comeback to that? I can't, I wanted well, to I can't have a comeback because I'm Sydney. You know, yeah. like, it's like, yeah. and but also because it's like, with that type of guy, I feel like everybody knows a Richie where it's just like, <laughs> you'll, you'll rhyme whatever I say with gay. Yeah. And, and there's really nothing I can do about it. Like, you'll do that till the end of time. And and yeah, like where do we go from there? Yeah. All right, you just kind of win. Yeah, Pat uh, uh, Stengar, producer, and I were talking in a previous episode about Richie, and like everyone does know a Richie. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely for sure. It's, but where it's also it's cool where it's like you know, it's it's hell. And Richie is like, I can do fries, like I can make jardinier, oh. like <laughs> I'm <laughs> kind of like scum of the earth, but I do have some skills that I've retained. Like I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's crazy when you when you think about the review because. We see this. Like, Pete Wells drops three stars on a small restaurant. We see restaurants melt down and sometimes shut down. Yeah. I mean, when you were doing the prep for this episode, did you were you aware that this is actually not fiction? Like, this actually does happen? Yeah, we, we you know, we talked to a lot of chefs, and, you know, those chefs had their own stories, but also stories of chefs and restaurants that they know. And um, I think we've we heard a lot of great, amazing things but we also heard a lot of horror stories and I think also you know just coming from like my perspective and like you know life as like a writer and a Mm -hmm. comedian it's like I also know what it's like and know people who it's like you get you get a big swing yeah you get a lot of praise and then it's like okay now what? And it's like, that's overwhelming. Like, that's like that's really, really <laughs> yeah. overwhelming. And you're just not ready for it as the chef. You know, you're not ready for You're not for ready for pr- it as a, as a restaurant, like as no. an institution. And also, no. it's like, I think it's really hard in different ways for both Carmi and Sydney, for Sydney to be the one who got kind of the shout out for something that also, it's like, it is what I believe, but it's like she, it really wasn't. It really mm. like how she's supposed to know who that random guy was. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really was an accident, and like something that you know. See, it, I read it differently. I, there's a lot of things that I've seen that people are like, I read what Sydney did differently, and that is very interesting to me. Because I come from that world, like I, I I know the critics, and I come yeah. from a food writing world, and I also know that there are very savvy chefs, and and Sydney is very aware yeah. of. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, she's very aware of Carmi's pedigree. Yeah, she followed Carmi to She the knows Carmi, so yeah. why would she not know that this is, like, the guy? Yeah. And that she was going to... So, I feel like it can be interpreted. I think... I, I'm open to things being interpreted. I I haven't... I, I mean, I'm open to seeing also... Like, I'm excited to see in the second season, like, how things play out, finding out people's motivations. Yeah. There are also things that, like, were in the show that were cut, where it's like, I've seen, you know, pe- people be like, this was on purpose, this wasn't, and I'm like, oh, I actually know what it is, but it's, I love and I appreciate the ambiguity yeah. that it that's 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 allowed by certain things being cut. We end the sh- season um, with with that with the title of the bear coming into really mm. into focus. We know that the restaurant is pivoting to a different style. Mm-hmm. It's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, does Richie allow this restaurant to change? I, I mean, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, Pat and I were talking about. I would, you know, I I don't think so. I don't think so. Pat, you want to jump in? Do you have your mic? Is your I hot? mean, he's definitely going to be a huge pain in the ass in the second season. In terms of letting it change, yeah. So we 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 we've, we've been. This is a little bit of that like scorecard, like a little bit of that chalkboard. We're, yeah. we're playing a little bit of that. We're kind of breaking down the, the 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 final scene. So yeah, I mean, I think that's 
definitely that there's definitely merit to that. But also, you know, Richie is one of the people at the end who's like he's opening up cans with everybody else. And he's the one who also sort of like to Sydney when they're looking at each other is like, come over, like, come on. So. It's just something to think about. Okay. Well, let's, let's get some, I think it's interesting it's either way. It's such a good show. It will, let's get into some more IO talk because I, I want to, we can move on from the bear, but I want to hear about you, sure. you know, living in New York. Um, yeah. Did you have like restaurants? Like, were you up? Were you like an Eater 38 person? Were you like super <laughs> into? <laughs> Me being like, and, and, the, and, the, and the terrible, terrible truth was I was so broke when I was living in New York. Um, I really wasn't yeah. eating out a ton. Yeah. Um, I, a ton there were like places but I I mean like also just being my age like there would be restaurants where it's like you'd see it on like Instagram and then you know would go I had like spots like Dimes Dimes Square yeah, you I roll your eyes. A, thank no, thank well, you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, come thank on. you. Yeah, come um, on. that's like a little that. That's like a little after. <laughs> but you know, but I um I, I remember this this ramen spot that I really loved when I went to NYU. That was called Minka. Me and my friend oh, would go yes all the time yes. and get noodles at Minka, and that was like that's like a place that I think of very yeah. fondly. Minka's or, great. Yeah, where I'm also like what like what a refuge for me to be like. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what the prices are now, but I'm like, hey. I mean, inflation. It's like yeah. probably sixty, sixty a bowl. Probably maybe sixty 65. a bowl now. Sixty five. But to <laughs> just like at the end of the week, go with a friend and like get like nine dollar like bowl yeah. of ramen and split shumai for like three bucks and yeah. just like have such a good meal. Yeah. Um and like yeah. So, uh, that 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 I hold very firmly. hosting dinner parties. Uh, are you are you in? Or are you out? I'm I'm in. I love a in dinner L- party. In L A, are you East Side West Side? I'm I am East Side. Uh, I love a dinner party. I love to get my like pick friends from different parts of my life and like put them in a little pot nice. and like see who's gonna like yeah. enjoy each other. Um, Love to make a roast chicken. My roast chicken goes pretty hard. Oh, really? Do you have a? Do you go like a za'atar rub, a sumac, or do you go straight? I go. I do an herb butter. Nice. Let oh, it sit, oh. kind of chill out for a little bit, and then right before I pop it in the oven, I uh, Nigella Lawson hack. I put anchovies on it. And Stop. That, umami. Yeah. And the and like Great. it's, you know, makes we put the veggies at the bottom of the pan, they get like really salty, all the fat gets cooking and um and then it makes like the skin really crispy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have dinner parties with your your big mouth crew? Those are some food people, it seems. Th- those are some Those are like Nick Cole goes hard with food. Yeah, yeah and clearly. and Oh yeah, Nick. Nick. Nick is a foodie for sure. Definitely, he's, he's very, like he's funny. like David Chang, like on the on the speed dial kind of guy. Yes, yeah, he has a very funny bit about snacking. <laughs> also, that really so I good. think his special's coming out. Soon. I mean, Oh Hello has got the like, best food stuff and in like definitely visceral food stuff. Visceral like yeah. flying mouth food. Yeah. <laughs> um, when uh, everything uh, uh, you know transitioned to work from home because of COVID. Yeah. Um, Every now and again, Andrew Goldberg, who's one of the creators and producers on it, he would um, like do these like cookout dinner things <laughs> with his family, and then invite everybody who's working Fun. on the show. That's sweet. And that and that was like that was really nice because also it's like that period where it's like oh tests are available and people can see each other and we've yeah. all like been being good. Okay, now we can just like hang out and eat and like so awkward relax though to go and, to reenter society in those barbecues. I know. Yeah. Well, it was funny too because it's like there's people who you haven't seen in a long time and you're like oh my god I forgot like your height. I thought <laughs> we would all just sort of be 
g- generally eye level, but also <laughs> can stare past each other's heads. I love it. Yeah. I, let's talk about some of your upcoming projects. Yeah. Um, I have uh, some things coming out. Um, Big Mouth next season should be coming out soon. I'm really excited for that. Um, I got to write on an episode of What We Do in the Shadows this season. Yes. If people enjoy that show, um, which is also an FX show. Thank you, FX. I <laughs> I love you. Yeah. Thank you for hiring me. Thank you, um, FX. Thank FX you, for FX, showing. my father, for paying my rent. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's coming out. I'm really excited about that episode. And this season um, is like really fun and crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wrapped a movie, Bottoms, that uh, is directed by Emma Seligman and co-written by Rachel Sennett um, from Shiva Baby. Yeah. And that was super fun. And yeah, those are those are some things. So fun. Well, we asked all guests in the Taste Podcast, yes. if you could write a cookbook or food culture book uh, without mm-hmm. the burden of time, meaning there's no deadline or budget, meaning you have an unlimited amount of money, what would this book be? I got a cookbook and I'm so upset at myself. That I can't remember the name, but it was a it was a collection of different like African recipes, and one of the things that was in there in BB's Kitchen. Yes, yeah, in BB's Kitchen. Wonderful book. It was really cool. And there's this episode. This episode, my brain is TV broken. No, there's this recipe. There's this recipe um, for spaghetti, and it brought back a lot of memories of having like spaghetti that my grandma, my my Nigerian grandmother would make. Oh man, that was like kind of sweet and very like tomato-y because Nigerians like love you know tomato and had a bunch and and I'm really interested in like food globalization um my father's Nigerian my mother is from Barbados those are two places that were formerly colonized by England and it's very interesting like I, I definitely see and I've always seen culturally and social you know like how they have habits and interests that have been impacted by that, but also food. So obviously, I think I didn't think about it because I was just eating and I was just coming after school and it's like, yeah, of course I have tea with my family, you know, like these things. And like, you know, of course my mom loves like kippers and like tinned fish, you know, of course, but but then it's like, oh wait, but like also like not of course, you know, so I'd, I'd be interested in doing, I don't know, something that is like tracing those recipes. My mom actually for, she told me already, but for my birthday this year, she's oh. making me a cookbook. Oh, that's so sweet. Your her, mom is the best. Mm, I love your mom. All of her recipes and um, things she loved eating oh. and also like things that she's like, remember when you were obsessed with lasagna in third grade <laughs> and I like got really good at lasagna? And so she's like also, I think, oh. going through memory lane. So I would either do some sort of like Afro-Caribbean sort of globalization situation or I would just use my clout and help my mom get her cookbook I think that doing it together seems like that's an angle and I like let's let's that's kind of fun I'm trying to get I'm trying to get my mom some royalties were you a fan of Garfield growing up is that what the Zelani was all about I think I'm I just was a child who grew up in Boston yeah and and there's a lot of Italians in Boston (laughs) making good lasagna I think I'm just, I just love, I love, I love pasta, I love nope. ricotta, I love, I love a deep, deep red sauce. As do I. I It's so nice talking to you. Well, thank you for joining the Taste thank Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for anybody who listened to me rambling. We love it. We love it. We love the show. We can't wait to see Sydney in season two. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. 
The Taste Podcast is hosted by me, Matt Rodbard. It's produced by Pat Stango and edited by Clayton Gumbert. Theme music by Steve Rydell. Visit Taste Online at tastecooking.com and make sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Thanks for listening. <laughs>